0: Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and, and those of you who are joining us online, uh, I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And it's great to have you with us for this week's episode, da, 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 da. Juneteenth. <laughs> Just kidding, more than that, but but uh, he had a great sermon yesterday, man. Thanks. Uh, I was joking with some friends, Is uh, this is why Dave's so cool, is y'all got regular Father's Day sermons. And Dave preached on Juneteenth. <laughs> and I was like, let's go. Uh but yeah, it was it was great. Loved it. Um, why don't you take us through the verses, title okay. of your sermon, okay. and then kind of definitely want you to talk about Juneteenth. Okay. Okay. And then we'll go
1: from there. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that.
0: Oh. You're gonna turn the light on.
1: All right. Weird eye contact. <laughs> Stare at Dave. So, yeah, so we talked about, uh, 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 well, you got the verses there. What was it? 522, Exodus 522 through 6, what? 15? Something like that?
0: 13. 13, okay. Strike one, for those of you keeping track at home.
1: <laughs> so, and this is the passage where, uh, so God called Moses, burning bush, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Moses did his trying to weasel out of it. God wouldn't <laughs> let him. Uh So Moses says, okay, well, I'll go to Pharaoh, and I'll do everything you told me to, God. And so Moses does that, and you would think, oh, well, you know, magic happens, and and the the sun starts shining, and the world is better, Uh, but that's not what happens. So Moses being faithful to God, doing what God told him to do, and what does Pharaoh do? when when Moses goes before him and says, you know, God wants you to let these people go.
0: Does everything Moses asks him to do. <laughs> so he
1: makes the work harder. He tries to grind them into the ground. I mean, almost literally. Uh, increases the quota, uh, re- makes life harder. Now they're working day and night. Uh, all of these things, just the world gets incredibly bad. And... In our minds, we, we think that if we're faithful to God and if we do what God tells us to do, then things are going to get better. And maybe that's true. Well, it is true, but it's not an immediate kind of kind of response, uh, at least for Moses uh, there in the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. So um, how far do you want me to go? You want me to go all the way through this? No, I think that's okay. a good spot to, okay. to
0: kind of camp that, out for and, a second.
1: And that's kind of where this, this passage picks up, is that Moses has done what God told has told him to do, and things are worse. Uh, and Pharaoh's not uh, kind of responding in the way that Moses thought Pharaoh <laughs> would respond. And Moses comes back to God and says, God, I told you I wasn't going to be good at this. Uh, but look what you, and Moses kind of shaking his fist as God, look what you've done to these people,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: what you have done. Um, and so the rest is then God of this passage is God kind of responding. Um, to, to that situation mm-hmm. in, the, in the way it is there.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things to point out. One is uh, one of the things I love about Scripture is how if we actually read it, more often than not, <laughs> there's there's some vulnerability and honesty that I think in my experience with modern day Christianity, we pretend like Doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot like fear God and be in awe and like do better and be good. And then you can hang out with God, as opposed to, you know, again, in a very short amount of time, Moses, who is not worthy, (laughs) is has murdered somebody, has not been the best, is kind of hiding, walking sheep around, burning bush, Moses. (laughs) And then tries to not go. And God's like, no, take Aaron, jerk. And then they they do the things. And then uh, it's obviously been in a situation where everything that God is up to and everything God has been doing, Moses has not been keen on or listening to or being an active and willing participant in. Mm-hmm. And then gets there, and as soon as it doesn't go the way he wants it to, now to be fair, it goes really badly, and we'll get into more of that as we continue to talk, but then comes back. And goes, how dare you? And I'm like, well, and and I don't want to read Moses like he's doing anything we wouldn't have done. Mm. (laughs) That's my point. And I and I'm and I'm making that sound really like Mm -hmm. Moses is like, uh, And, and again, what I love about this, and overwhelmingly so the majority of biblical characters, is there's a level of vulnerability and intimacy and honesty that is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in the moment, you know, how dare you? Like, I'd be like, hey, bro, you might want to chill out a little bit. Like, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like what a gift that is to us and mm-hmm. what an example it is to us. And this isn't totally what we're gonna get into today, but like if you're listening or watching, right, um, that being real and authentic and honest with God about how you feel, you know, is important and good. And I think God also uh, responds in that and works through that with us as opposed to the, well, good try, God. So glad they you know, mm-hmm. gave it you your best shot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're all going to die now, but Hey, we tried, right? Like fake praise and not being, you know, um, real and authentic. I mm-hmm. love that Moses goes right at God. It's like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is, this is, this is all your fault. <laughs> and then, you know, God does respond. <laughs> God does respond.
1: So um, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I chose this book of Exodus because I've done a good bit of work in, in Exodus. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that I've studied that I've spent some extra time, some intensive time studying, uh, questions around both, um, um, you know, the American experience of slavery, and then I've also done a good bit of study around the, the uh, World War II Nazism uh, the church that existed there. I've always been interested in how uh, Scripture has been used to mm. justify the evils of both <laughs> slavery and and Nazism, uh, because Scripture was was very much used, mm-hmm. and and so uh, yeah. I wanted to learn and see how what it is that convinced the people of those times that those two evils were were right or were justifiable in, in what ways. Uh, and so, in my study of uh, the American experience of slavery, um, I saw how uh, foundational the Book of Exodus was and the character of Moses uh, to African American slaves here mm. in the in the U.S. and how they they saw in Moses um, one who you know speaks the word of God to free. And to execute justice, and to and the slavery and slaves seeing their plight lived out in the in the slaves of Egypt, in the Hebrew people there, mm-hmm. and the connections that they drew, and the power that they drew from that, and the hope uh, that they drew, mm. um, and and how much you know you can hear in the spirituals, you know, go down Moses and and all of those things, and the mm-hmm. the, the symbolism that is there in the spirituality is really what helped slaves uh, to 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 survive um, and to find hope and to find a faith that to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that in times of adversity, you know, God really does help. Mm. <laughs> uh, God really does come to save, not in the ways that we want. God to do. I mean, just like Moses, (laughs) you know, but God does come in and make a difference. And if God can make a difference in those horrific acts in history, Mm -hmm. um, what can God do in our time and with us and in the things that we're currently facing? So I've really seen that uh, uh, in my studies there, and then that has led me to see more things uh, about what faith is really about and how faith really helps us uh, in the face of whatever it is that we're
0: facing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, this was a good one. Um, <laughs> it's kind of how I felt Sunday. I was like, I'm never going to be that good. Uh, <laughs> David Phelps, everybody. Uh, uh, but yeah. And, you know, I think, I think, and i and I'm, we're going to continue to talk about this next topic. I want you to really kind of, uh, Frame for everybody's mm-hmm. Juneteenth and what it is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where it came from and, and these other things, mm-hmm. but I do want to make something uh, notice something. I think that's also uh, I want clarification from you on. And so, mm-hmm. is there any correlation as well? So Moses stands up to the oppressor. Mm-hmm. That's a that, was that a significant mm-hmm. part of that story too? Like, so it's not because I know there's some stories in Scripture right where like people are kind of redeemed and, and moved from a place but Moses is very intentional about going to Egypt going to Pharaoh with Aaron and they call him out mm-hmm. like they stand up to the mm-hmm. person who is literally the one who's inflicting the pain and the yes. harm yes um which you know you brought up Nazis and our country's colorful history um, and there's there's some correlation there, there is. right there okay. is uh, absolutely uh, so yeah, if you're asking,
1: did the people see in the person of Moses a, a hero? They mm-hmm. saw in him a, a faithful person who is who is living out the you know following the directions of God, and through that faith, is 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 bringing freedom from oppression. Mm. Um, and so while they're not saying you know Moses is the one who did the freeing, they they they're well aware who did the freeing. Yeah yeah. Uh, and who made the difference, and and that is God. But they saw that Moses played a part in that. Mm. You know, God called Moses, and Moses responded. And however kind of flawed way that was, right, right. Uh, Moses still responded, and God was still able to to work
0: uh, through that response. Yeah, that's really cool. I I think too, there's a there's something that I'll never understand, right? Like you know, uh, but the consequences of standing up to the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And, st- and and calling it out and saying it's wrong and the consequences for doing so. I mean, there's, there's some very direct correlations and, and to bring it back to the point you made about, you know, Pharaoh, you know, whether it's because he's like, you know, well, if they're dying and tired, then they can't rise up. Right. Mm-hmm, then I'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just grind them into, grind the them into the dust. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's, you know, isolating it back to Exodus, right? So, and I'm sure we're gonna get here in a couple weeks. So thought me if I'm going too far ahead. But there's that part where the the Hebrew people are like, Hey, at least we would have had food in Egypt. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah. Grumbling in the desert. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, because because that's that's part of that grief mm-hmm. and that struggle, right? Is yeah, yeah. do you stay in the and the pain and the suffering and the mistreatment and the injustice, or do you do something about it? But if you do something about it, there's consequences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I've, that's it. Well, I mean, we, we celebrate the
1: martyrs of our faith. Those people who've stood up to different oppressors in different situations and who are killed uh, because of that. So that is, that is part of our history as well. You know, there are things worse than death. There are things Mm -hmm. worse than death. Um, Yeah. uh, So that's, that's part of the faith.
0: Yeah. So, what's the nah, I'm not going to quote that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, there's things worse than death, right? And um I mean, I really want to get to this in a sec, okay. but um the, the I I had a person tell me one time when we were talking about healing and freedom. And a person said to me sometimes freedom and healing happen on the other side. And, you know, that's a that's a concept that I've gotten a lot of peace and solace in because sometimes I just don't understand why things go down the way mm-hmm. they do. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, but you're with Jesus. And, but I'm also like, but I would rather you're here still, yeah. you know? And yeah. there's that, there's that concept, but um, yeah, like there is, um, they're not the same exact thing. That's not what we're saying, but, but those parallels, right. Of, um, you know, I, I think that's part of Moses's, you know, I don't want to go do that is I don't think it's just because of his, maybe just his own insecurity. I think he's, because he was in court, right? And he grew up there. and, and He could speak he, both languages. He's, but he's also very aware of the consequences of mm-hmm. when you start messing mm-hmm. with the, with that. You start mm-hmm. hitting the, the hornet's nest mm-hmm. that it's going to get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing, too. Like I, We're going to come back to that towards the end. I don't have that in the notes. But when we talk about injustice and standing up for people and, and advocating and, and and fighting against it with people alongside, right? And being allies in these types of concepts... Um, that's a thing that I think is also like, from at least my context of, as a person who essentially like the world is my oyster, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to make it worse for people, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, there's that weight you got to hold on. You know, Jesus is like, Hey, women are people too. And they're like, kill him. Uh, but (laughs) I mean, it's right. Like there's anyway, so Mm -hmm. Juneteenth. Walk us through Juneteenth. So sure. Um, (laughs) That's a, that's an easy one.
1: Um, So, uh, uh, you know, emancipation, emancipation proclamation freed the slaves. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the newspaper didn't carry it.
0: (laughs) I wonder why, who owned the newspaper? Um, uh, people who own people, well, and, then,
1: <laughs> and then for those papers that did carry it, not all the slaves were literate and could find could read the news for themselves. depended on word of economic mouth, economic disparity, yeah, just all translating, of, uh, all, <laughs> all of those kind of things happening. Uh, plantation owners didn't kept it from the slaves from their property oh, so gross. that the proclamation had been made that they had been freed until um, the time when U.S. troops could come in and start freeing the slaves. They weren't, volu- you know, the plantation owners, slave owners were what not are, What are the dates on Yeah, on that was like... A little uh, fuzzy, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember those too well. I know the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in, in 63, mm-hmm. and it was June 19th, 65, uh, when the troops made it to Galveston to uh, then free the slaves there. Uh, and that is the, the date... That has been that has been celebrated at, at, and in Texas mm-hmm. uh, for uh, freeing the slaves and in kind of the Independence Day. It's called uh, often it's called the nation's uh, second Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that so that date is around the when the troops came uh, specifically the Galveston and and freed the slaves, let them know they were free. Uh, so this Juneteenth has been a kind of a Texas holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years and years, and it somehow it spread um, to to more and more you know areas. Uh, but that's that's the the genesis of Juneteenth, and so um, you know people celebrate and have celebrated mm-hmm. since that day. This is the anniversary of our freedom. This is when we learned. This is when uh, you know we you know God worked this this act uh, of of uh, uh, freeing us from oppression uh, on this day uh, is when we knew it mm. was happening. And so that's why I kind of tied to back to Egypt and the slaves there. I mean, their their day of freedom was the Exodus, uh, and we we haven't quite gotten there in the in the passage yet. Uh, but it was that, you know, that question of how did they keep going? Things are getting worse and worse and worse. They're being faithful to what God is calling them to do. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. How do you keep faith in that time? Mm-hmm. You know, if your material life is is crumbling around you what what is it that helps you to keep your faith to keep believing that God is at work? Um, and so this there's a line in this passage mm-hmm. that I find is key and is really one of those uh, uh, scriptures that are that's way deeper than than you you can read over it and kind of miss the significance, but it's way deeper uh, than you you think at first kind of blush and in this discourse Moses and God are having and you know Moses saying you know you've done uh, you you've disappointed these people you're you're cursing them all of these different things um, and and God says you you'll see I'm, I'm going to deliver these people and then the line is the verse says and it's it's phrased differently in in several different places where it's listed mm-hmm. but basically it's God' saying, you will be my people and I will be your God. Mm-hmm. And that is the the point where God is saying, we're together. We're bound together. Creator and created, we're together. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I'm not going to abandon you. And that's tough to hear when you realize that the, uh, the, the Hebrews in Egypt were slaves for something like 400 years. Mm-hmm. But then, if you uh, hearing it in the uh, context of uh, uh, the American slavery experience, I mean, they were slaves for 250 years, roughly. And so, to in both cases, I see this struggle to continue to have faith, to continue to believe that God is with us, even though things are horrible, and maybe even getting worse. But what is it with us? That, that helps us to keep that faith. And I think it comes back to this line, to this scripture that's where God says, and God is always saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. And mm-hmm. we are bound together, regardless of um, kind of the, the, the brokenness that surrounds us, we will be bound together and I will continue to be with you. And I will deliver you. And perhaps mm-hmm. it's not going to be during your lifetime. But having that connection... Brings you know the the theological word here is brings the assurance, right? The knowledge, the comfort, the the, uh, the 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 feeling that God is still with us, even though the world around us looks very dark, uh, where 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 the situation looks looks just evil in its presentation, um, but still understanding that God says I'm yours and you're mine. Mm. Helps people to get through these times of uh, well, these horif- horrific times that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So that statement is one of those statements that I cling to throughout all of Scripture. Mm. I will be your God; you will be my people. And the connection and the promise and the covenant that that states um, can and is proven to, you know, bring people through
0: um, just horrendous times. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's eloquently put, David. Uh <laughs> no, I love it. And I and I think uh so a couple things to just kind of continue the conversation. Um I think one, right, like it's it's an incredibly profound statement. Um that is just a when we talk about the truths of God, right, and the love of God and how God is with us. Um that's one of the lines I think that's a really good like mm-hmm. hey, what do you what do you need to know about God? That Right there, that. Mm-hmm. God is love. That too, but that. <laughs> right. Like, um and well, God the, is love is live, is lived out in that statement. Hundred percent. And mm-hmm. so the and in the context in which that verse is shared and where God shares this with the people, um, is also like a huh? <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's um they're they're having a really difficult time. And that's putting it like that's not even remotely close to what's actually going down. Um, and I think, I think for me, what's always so tough about this, right, is, and when you think about the questions that people ask, right, of like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Are we alone? Like, why does evil exist, right? Um, this is one of the things, like, not to be like checkmate atheists, because that's dumb. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is there's some universal, I call them universal truths, the majority of people agree upon whether they agree from the context in which we come to it. Right. Um, But overwhelmingly so like people believe evil exists. There's not a, you're not going to debate that. Right. Like we can, most of the time if something awful happens or people do something terrible, we can go evil. Like, like it's not, nobody's going to disagree. Right. Um, Well, sometimes maybe, but overwhelmingly so like, we'll, we'll kind of come to a consensus like, that's wrong. Um, and, uh, but one of the questions that kind of comes up out of that, and I deal with this all the time, is, well, if God's a good God, right, and God is with them, why doesn't God fix it? Why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do this? Why does this happen? Does, why does God make this happen? Why does God allow this to happen? And all these different things. And there's something like, and I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize those questions or those cryings. Of the heart or the soul that are seeking answers, right? Like, I think this is another thing that we Christians do that's really problematic is people say this stuff and we want to rush through and get them to the thing that we understand or we know or we think we understand, as opposed to like, that's not an attack and that's not a slight. That's literally like where a person might be and they're reasoning through those questions. And if Moses can go to God's face and be like, how dare you? Why can't somebody else just like cry out to that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But in that, there's some, there's some things that uh, I think are developed here or developing out that I think are really important. And so something that happens in circles I've been in or in our culture that drives me bananas is we'll say things like, well, we're praying for you. Well, and, God says I will take you as my people you will be my people and I will be your God and then there's a couple things that happen one is we put a bunch of barriers of entry or processes or steps to qualify when that happens we 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 make people stumble I say we I say we collectively as big C church whether if you don't do this great good job um but we quali- we quantify it in a way that's uh eh, and then we don't actually call out the evil or, or point the finger or address or stand alongside those who are suffering with them and go, no, what's happening is evil and it is wrong and it is like, it's not okay. And this is something that I think is really important when we start talking about these conversations because what we're talking about is a charged conversation. Let's just be let's get cards on the table. Um, and so when we start talking about this, right, or with people or people are talking to you about it or injustice, um, our nation, we can talk about Juneteenth and we say, oh, it's a national holiday. Yeah. For the last two years, <laughs> we're not fully through this. No, no. Stateside. <laughs> so to, oh, see God delivered you and like, and then move on like, oh, it's all fine now. Uh, Moses is with the people, mm-hmm. right? And 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 there is no hiding around, you know. <laughs> oh, it's all better now, and it's fine. Yeah. We prayed, and it's good, and like we've moved through. Or we've done a little bit of the work, and so now we can just move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Mm-hmm. Like there is a clear labeling of the oppressor of the oppressors of the wrong that is happening, and God, when God is like, I will take you as my people and I will be your God, God is saying that shoulder to shoulder alongside the people who are being harmed. It's not God being like, hey, get here. It's not like, oh, well, we'll deal with it when we, like, God is saying that in the midst in the midst of God's people mm-hmm. with them while they're being harmed, and I, and I think that that's a really important distinction we need to make. Culturally, sometimes I think we get in this vibe of, well, you know, like it that was so long ago, or that doesn't happen anymore, or that's it's not, yada. And I'm like, well, eh, still got tons of other systems and things in place that are certainly oppressive and harmful. Um, So it's not Moses is not saying this from the context of they're already through, Mm -hmm. or that rub a a lamp and behave, and then God will like do it. It's, no, what Pharaoh has done is wrong, and it's evil, and it's not okay, and what you're suffering and experience, God is also, like, not okay with. Like, this isn't a, oh, if you behave well, you do well, or, or whatever, then then it'll all work out. Um, it's almost like the hardest thing about faith, right, where you're holding the promise of the deliverance, and that God is with us, but, like, over here, like, it's awful. <laughs> And it's and it's just really hard, and you're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. which one is it? And mm-hmm. God's like, it's both. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sometimes people will will say God is with us, and while that's true, they'll they'll be meaning it in the in the in the in the way of saying, you know, and we'll be done with this quickly. But I mean, here's here's a situation where it took 400 years, uh, roughly, for for the the salvation to come, uh, in the terms of of slavery. Uh, we, you know, that, that hundreds of years, I mean, how many lifetimes um, was that perpetuated? The first slave ship hit the U.S. in 1619, the year before the Mayflower. And, and so it's been part of the culture and the, <laughs> and the history, and it's been so intertwined with, um, you know, the development of, of the U.S. to think that here we are just a little over a hundred years after 150 years, after the Civil War ends, and we know that Jim Crow has been active um, in that 150 years and is still there. And we have people who are whitewashing racism today who are saying that it's gone, it's nothing that we have to deal with, it's all of this stuff. um, Simply not true. Um,
0: Perpetuating the evil. Well, that's why we're making the distinction of it's called out. Mm -hmm. It's not hidden... It's not thrown under a rug. Like I think it's part of the difficult conversation, especially for people who have benefited from those systems. Um, you know, when you're confronted with the idea and the concepts and the reality of what people have been through. And you're like, oh, it's not fair. Oh, it's not okay. Oh, it's not resolved. Oh, it's not fixed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, God is with us, but God is still working towards the redemptive part of this that hasn't been fully realized yet. Okay. That's a different, that's a different. And I think you said something there that was really important. I wanted to bring this up before, but I didn't, um, is the Civil War has ended. Like, this isn't like, so when you read history books, right, it's like, oh, you know, the the slaves are freed after the Civil War. And I'm like, not in Galveston. Like they, these people are hiding the mail. They're shooting the pigeons, the carrier pigeons that are bringing the letters and they're making sure people can't read. They, they've banned Twitter. And they're, <laughs> and they're making sure people can't read or have access to things. So they don't know that they're free. And it takes literally an army to come in and go, what's happening here. Yeah. And the slaves are like, what do you mean? They're like, you're free. And they're like, since when, <laughs>
1: Well, and the thing about literacy too, the, the, the slave owners love to, to teach and to preach on the passage in Scripture that says, you know, slaves obey your masters, you know, and if if they're not able to read for themselves the love and the freedom that God brings, then you know, and that's their only view of faith, but somehow God worked through that, and the message, the good news got through all of that junk. And, and got to the, the, the those enslaved peoples anyway, and brought this hope that ultimately gave them a faith that was vibrant and that was practiced often in private. Um, mm-hmm. But still the, the communities as they lived that faith, that's really what I what I see here in this passage is this faith that's lived, lived out when things are bad, that that encourages me that I want to lift up, that I want to make sure that I can put my finger on and say, when things are bad in my life, what's going to keep me connected? Uh, you know, it's the assurance. Mm-hmm. What what is going to assure me of my connection with God? What's going to assure me that God is still on the job? What is going to assure me that the the stuff that I'm dealing with in the current times isn't isn't going to be a forever kind of thing?
0: Well, and, and God's love isn't for purchase. No, right? Like I and I think that's one of the most freeing things is like if you are a person is going through this type of oppression and awful, awful injustice and evil, right? And somebody comes up to you and goes, no, God loves you where you're at because you are worth being loved and God Mm -hmm. just cares and God is with you. Like that's a, that's like a, wait, 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 hold on. (laughs) Because the way I understand how the world works is like as useful or as productive or as like you produce, then you have worth and value. And God's like, that's not how any of this works. And then somebody comes in and shares that with you and tells you that. And you're like, wait a second. Wait, I matter to God? Because my entire life, with the way how this has gone, I was like, how could I? Because I'm not special. And contextually here, right, now I'm reaching a bit. No. Just Always. Say it ain't true. Always. <laughs> um, Pharaoh, Ramses, is literally a god. And so all authority and well, hierarchy... Claims to be a god, not fl- literally no, no, a god. No, I'm, no, I'm getting there. So in the way the system and the structure of their day is, Ramses is by his culture's definition, is a manifestation of God or God's whatever. And then that hierarchy and that power and that entitlement then trickles down as as he whims. And so there's a there's a structure here, right? That like we would objectively now look at and go, well, that's wrong and evil and sinful and not okay. But if you're an enslaved people, God is not for you because God lives over there and something there and then decides if you get to live or die or you and your kids get to eat, and if you don't work really hard, then you're going to die. And so then Moses comes and goes— no. <laughs> this isn't how any of this works, and you're going to see that guy who's actually not God brought down here because that's not that's not how who God is and that's not how this works. And so when you talk about slavery, right? And slave masters are preaching really bad, bad, twisted, evil, intentional stuff. And then it's like, wait, but that's not how that works. That's not God. Uh, hold on, and it, and it flips. I mean, even liken it to Jesus. Like, Jesus comes and goes, no, that's not how this works. It's supposed to be like this. Duh. <laughs> and so I think that freedom we're talking about or that belonging and that God is with us and for us is, even for me in my own life, right, it's like, oh, that's right. The way that everything else defines, or even my own sinful nature tries to define some things, um, God's like, no, I'm with you, you are mine, I love you, and you have worth and value because I say so. And I'm like, oh. Um, so hierarchy creates issues. Classism creates issues, and I'm throwing out some words. And these are all the things that kind of like overlap here. And, you know, the, the Hebrew people are not people. They don't have worth or value other than their property to be exploited and used. In slavery, it was the same thing. They were not considered people. They were considered property and all that stuff. Um, I do want to share a little bit of a story, if you'd let me. Um, I uh, was—this is about Nazis. Um, No, I wasn't there. I'm not that old. Uh, I heard uh, the story one time. It's awful. Um, So there's this village of Jewish people who got put on a train— they were taken to a camp, and the camp was full. And so essentially uh, they just lined them up outside and, and hung them. Um, men, women, children. Like they were just—they they had no space, so they were just going to—which is just awful. And uh, so there's a rabbi, the town rabbi. He's in line, and the, the account goes like this. And so there's some guy in the crowd who's grieving and struggling and goes to the rabbi. He's like, where's God? And there's this little girl who's next to go up on the gallows and the rabbi like looks at the guy and points at the girl and says, God's right there. Um, and I think that kind of summarized was what we're talking about in, I've never been in a circumstance or a situation like pe- the people we're talking about have mm-hmm. gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, but what faith to be able to know and to believe and to cling to that God is with us and God is for us even if the things around us are not. Um, man, I want faith like that. I don't want to go through things to get faith like that or to be in situations well, where faith like that yeah. is required, right? Um, but it is uh I'm thankful for their testimony. Um I'm thankful for the history and and the experiences and the encounters we get to read and hear from. Um it it spurs me on and encourages me that there's more work to do. Um you know, and we get to continue work that people did before us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means there's a lot more to do. Sure, sure. Um,
1: it, and it's one thing to say, to, to put ourselves in the position of the oppressed and say, we don't want to be there. It's something else to look at those oppressors and say, I don't want to be there. Um, yeah. and so, uh, and I think often we're, we're more often the oppressors than the oppressed, at least in our context, um, and to find ways to, uh, n- not just to be, uh, non-racist, but anti-racist, um, is the, um, Kind of where God is calling us to be, and and looking at things in this context, the way we are, and to see the 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 work of faith um, played out in that belonging, uh, I think teaches us to work for, to work against the 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 forces of oppression, in all of the different ways, and sometimes they're subtle um, that exist in our world, mm-hmm. um, and so that you know I'm I constantly. You know, I, I, I tend to put myself more in the role of the oppressor and say, how do I keep from being there um, than to put myself in the role of the oppressed and say, oh, doesn't that suck? Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's those different ways we can look at this this question in the Scripture. But above all, I want through this message uh, to, to talk about the assurance that we can know when things do go bad, when things do suck, um, that we can understand that God continues to be with us. Um, and that's not tied to the physical outcomes of the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but that God's love is still there and God is still present with us and God is still active in those situations, even if we can't see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, uh, this is one of the reasons I said before I, I highlighted, because I knew we were going to talk about, we were going to get here. Is I highlighted Moses' brutal vulnerability, authenticity, and honesty with God. Is I don't want to trivialize or belittle or downplay if you're struggling, if a person's struggling or you're going through something. And because comparing yourself to other people who are going through things, right, can lead you down some really dark places that are really not productive or gospel centric, right? So number 1. Uh <laughs> uh you know, and you don't have to be like in one of these extremes, right? Um so so understand that like if you have something going on and you and to you in that moment because of whatever phase of life or how the day has gone or you had bad Mexican food or whatever it might be and it's like the biggest of deals and you're unhinged and you're like that shouldn't and somebody somewhere else is struggling, don't do that. That's not helpful for you. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful for the people you care about. That's not going to help your relationship with God. But being like honest and vulnerable and open, because as much as we're highlighting the seriousness and the context of this, there's plenty of places in scripture where people complain about ridiculous things and God makes like shade grow and snacks appear. So, like, right, context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another thing that's uh you said that's really important to hear, to understand, is we're talking about being anti-other things. And so uh, not to get all weird and cryptic and, you know, left behind-y, but so (laughs) people talk about the Antichrist, okay? Uh, I think a a way to also say this is um, instead of, like, personifying that or or trying to mysticize, make it mythical, whatever— what is anti-Jesus? What are the systems in place? What are the things that exist in our day that Jesus would be like against? And part of the way you figure out what Jesus would be against is what was Jesus for? Well, ready? It's a really extensive list. Love God. Ooh. <laughs> Love your neighbor and yourself. Huh. (laughs) And your enemy. And your enemy. Right? But even then, Jesus gives... Don't do that. Because Jesus (laughs) gives extra context to what an enemy is and who your actual enemy is, which is not people, it's sin, reasons and things. But maybe, you know, the person is a physical manifestation of that. That's a whole thing. (laughs) But my point is, my point is, is don't just spend your time trying to figure out what you think God is not for. You got to really ground yourself in what it God is for. And then you measure against that and go, well, duh, God doesn't like slavery. Well, duh, God doesn't like people being oppressed or harmed or marginalized or hurt. No. Oh, we talk about Nazis all the time. We don't talk about internment camps in the United States of America. We sure as heck are not going to talk about how African American citizens, sure, Juneteenth happened, right? but like they couldn't vote until when? 60 years ago? 60 years ago. So <laughs> so so when you start to go oh god loves all people whether they believe in god or not god loves all people and wants all people to be restored and loved and have fellowship and community with god and with others. Then what are the things that currently exist in our modern day that get in the way of that, that destroy that, that h- cause harm, and then we start to push back against those things, back to the point we we're making before about Moses going, no, wrong, 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 but Moses comes at it from the place of like literally talking to God and then going, God, what do you want me to say? And God's like, Aaron, come here, <laughs> and then and then just says what God t- what what God told him to say, and so. This is kind of what I I want to, these are really difficult, emotional like topics that are going to like stir things in us. I'm stirred up, right? Like (laughs) if you couldn't tell. Um, And so as you process this, right, like, you know, maybe there's things that I need to hold. Maybe there's something you need to hold. Maybe there's things that we got to process through as we start to try to be, to make those those changes and everything else. But understand that. You've got to ground yourself in the love of God and the love you want to have back for God and, and, and yourself and with others, and you work out from there. Um, it's really hard to just go to places and just start screaming. Um, I heard I had a person, very smart, much smarter than me, tell me one time that, Kelly, all of your power and authority comes from the relationships you have. I wonder who said that. Dave. Um, and so, you know, you can get overwhelmed when you start reading this stuff and looking around and going, Man, it's I thought we were better than this. I thought we had moved past this stuff. And you start peeling back these layers and you're like, wow, it's it's still bad. Um, so it it understand as you hold that and you walk through that, right? Or you're a person who's been gone going through stuff, or you're a person who's like caused harm. You know, God doesn't hate you. Um but we got to work on it. Don't run. Don't run from it. Don't, don't. Uh, and then this will be my final thought. Uh, don't justify it. This is the other thing that's really hard is uh, uh, when I say things like I have benefited from these systems, that's not a phrase or a statement that A, I believed or I would say five to 10 years ago. That's a realization I came to later in life where I was like, oh, that's a thing. And so I had to come to an understanding of going, oh, I got to own that and I got to work through that as opposed to, um, so if I sound like I'm, I'm there and I'm working on it, right. I wasn't always here or there and working, um, you know. It, I had good friends, and I had people who gave me good information. I was like, oh, that's a thing. Uh, and so we're all in a process mm-hmm. working through things. Um, yeah. So I guess where I'd want to end this is, uh,
1: you know, with the, with the assurance mm. um, that God desperately wants us to know that God is present, um, mm. you know, You know, 23rd Psalm, you know, God is with us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is with us when we walk through the dark places of the world. God is with us when we're celebrating. God is always with us, and that means something,
0: Mm.
1: um, something significant. It means that we're connected and that that relationship um, that God wants with each of us can carry us through uh, no matter what kind of season of life or what kind of situation the world is going through. Um, ever, uh, uh, all the time. Um, And if we can latch into that, if we can understand that just a little bit, it can
0: carry us through. Mm. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll catch you next week.